Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Come on over. Come on over. It is 10 p.m. straight up, and you are listening to Pure Gold Extra live and on the air for this Thursday night, July 21st, 2011. Boy, it just doesn't get any hotter. But again, then again, tomorrow it's going to be even hotter than today. Hope you're all staying cool tonight. Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, just business Buccino, and I am Joe Cool tonight. And seated in his hot chair, my tag team partner and co-host. David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. The Daily Grind. Uh, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. It's not even Summerfest yet, and it is hot, hot, hot. Sir, it is hotter than what I imagined the fires of hell would be. This is awful. <laughs> and I am totally, you know, the AC seems to be broken here in the studio, sir, but man, what an absolute slop fest of an evening. I hear you. <laughs> Unfortunately, we won't be talking about the weather uh, during Pure Gold Extra. It's a, a wrestling theme, if you will, sir. Yes, it is, as I have my uh, my ladies here taking care of me with the water and cooling me off with some uh, cool mist. It is hot and awful, sir, I, I have to admit. But you know what's hot? The Summer Sizzler at the IWF, sir, or Summer Sizzler, I believe it's called. Um, tonight, before I introduce our host, folks, uh, excuse me, our host, <laughs> before I introduce our guest, let me just give out the contact information. The number, if you'd like to call in, as always, 714-364-4721. You can check out our website, puregoldpg.com. You can listen to our past episodes where Tuesday, this one that just passed, we had the one and only Miss USA 2010, Rima Faki, who was a part of Tough Enough, and, of course, is trying to be a WWE diva, and apparently, I don't know what was going on uh, on, on Tuesday when she was calling, sir, but we had, we had an interesting phone call, to say the least, but she was a great interview. And tonight we have another great interview, JB. Yes, we do. I mean, let's not even keep him on hold anymore, sir. Let's bring him on and get the show on the road. All right, folks, we have joining us this evening another member, the newest member, actually, of the IWF family. And, of course, you know that we are big fans of the IWF. Joe and myself have both uh, been to events together in solo. Uh, We had Kevin Knight, who was, uh, I think Kevin was our second guest, actually, the, the founder and the creator of the IWF. We had yep. uh, the American champion, Flex Freeman, with us a couple of weeks ago. And as a matter of fact, Flex is going to join us on Tuesday because we mentioned this. This past event on over the weekend, Flex won the heavyweight title, and he's also still the American champion. Flex is undefeated, has both major titles, eliminated everybody in a 16-man battle royal over the top rope in a minute and 45 seconds, which is nuts. But uh, let's get on the newest member again. Like I said, the IWF, we are thrilled to have Matt Walsh, the model athlete, as he's called, and he was actually a part of FCW as Joseph Canterbury a couple of years back. Matt, how are you doing this evening, sir? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Hey, Matt. 
We are doing fabulous, and let's dive right into this. You know, we're, we're uh, happy you joined us here in Pure Gold. Can you tell us uh, and our listening audience, Matt, what got you into wrestling in the first place? Like, what inspired you to become, um, you know, what you are today, the model athlete? Uh, well, you know, like everybody else, I grew up watching. I've always wanted to do it. Um, I got somewhat of a late start. It's one of the things that I always wanted to do. Um, I uh, met the, I was actually uh, friends with guys on a radio show. And uh, I met the Blue Meanie, who is uh, an ECW original, and yeah, uh, he yeah. kind of pointed. Yeah, he kind of pointed me in. I uh, became friends with him, and he kind of pointed me in the, the direction to get started. Uh, I got started. Emailed WWE for some pointers, and uh, they told me to come down for a tryout. I said I wasn't ready for that. They said, "Nah, just come down. We'll see what you got." And uh, I got signed. Signed from there. So uh, that's pretty much where I got my start. Oh wow, that, that's nice. And- that's interesting. Yeah. So you just so, uh, you just emailed them and then that's it. Like, hey, come down. They signed you. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I I, I had to pay for trial. It was an open tryout, but uh, you know, Steve Kern said, you know, come down and you know, it's a clinic and you know, we'll take a look at you or whatever. And and that's what I did. I took a chance and uh, you know, I paid for myself to get down there and. And, uh, you know, I did it, so it was a great experience. Got the contract, uh, you know, was on the contract there for a year or so and, and got to learn, uh, you know, with the best. So uh, so I did that, and then, uh, you know, the next year or two I did the Indies, and then this past year I was uh, in Orlando training with, uh, with the Dudley boys to kind of improve a little bit. And then uh, in April I was, uh, I was an extra at WrestleMania, so... Oh wow, wow! That's that's some that's some good stuff there, Matt. Now, you, you, uh, if you were to give your uh, your experience over at SCW and of course the WWE a grade, what what would you give it? What would I give the experience? Or what was the question? Yeah, what would you give? I mean, the experience of being in the WWE, being a part of SCW, what would you give that overall experience? Yeah, that's I mean that's an A plus, and you're not gonna get any better than that. So. Plus, my class was uh, was phenomenal, too. I mean, you know, I, I was in there with Sheamus, and, uh, you know, I actually wrestled Sheamus twice. Uh, I was on SCW TV, and, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre was there, and, you know, uh, TJ, Tyson Kidd, and, you know, uh, Harry Smith, and, you know, the list goes on and on. So, I mean, it was uh, basically, you know, where I got started. I mean, you can't, and then, you know, you talk about the trainers, Dr. Tom Pritchard, uh you know, Norman Smiley, Steve Kern, uh, you know, she doesn't get any better than that. So I, I got a, you know, a real good start there. Nice, Matt. What would you say your most memorable match or feud was in FCW? Well, my my most memorable feud would be against Sheamus because we had two matches. <laughs> uh, he basically squashed me uh, both <laughs> times. But uh, we, we were running an angle. Uh, I was part of uh, Abraham Washington's group. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, I know uh, Abraham. Yeah, he was doing a uh, a presidential gimmick, and I was part of his group. He, he called it the uh, like we were the Secret Service, and we come in and you know we, we protect them, but we'd always end. We it was a comedy thing, and we'd always end up getting getting bumped around. You know, the one time Steve Kern threw me out of the ring, put me in a sleeper. You know, Seamus came in and you know gave me a jackhammer, and you know this and that. But it was you know it was a lot of fun. The angle came off really well, and uh, it was uh, you know it was a lot of fun. That's cool. I'm always interested, though, Matt. Who do you, when you were growing up watching wrestling, uh, who did you actually admire, and uh, who do you currently uh, admire on the, in the on the current WWE roster? 
Well, yeah, I started watching the late '80s or whatever. So obviously, everybody uh, is gonna is gonna be influenced by Hulk Hogan, that that larger than life, uh, you know, presence he has. And then, you know, as I got a little older in high school and stuff, I started liking, you know, Triple H and The Rock and you know, Stone Cold and all that kind of stuff during the Attitude Era. So, uh, you know, and uh, and yeah, still. To this day, yeah. it's probably Triple H and, and that kind of stuff. So, Yeah, you really can't go wrong with the golden age of wrestling, unfortunately. We're in a new era now, and, uh, you know, maybe you could bring, uh, you know, your spin to it, hopefully, into WWE one day. Yeah, I'd love to, uh, you know, I'd love to get back there. It, uh, that's, that's, that's the goal. It's the idea. You know, it's kind of weird because I got my start there, and then, you know, I got kind of drop back down, but, you know, you got to, that's the thing. Now, I, I got a lot of experience on the indies that, uh, you know, I could have used in FCW, so now I'm kind of going back and, uh, you know, learning stuff that most people learn before they'll get a developmental contract and, and that kind of thing. So hopefully I can get another shot, and, you know, when I do, I'll be ready. That's great. I mean, you might run into CM Punk, and he might give you a title shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a comic uh, convention or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> so well, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. Would you say that? Uh, I'm not sure. Of... You know, you, you always got to have your gear with you. So CM Punk, you know, I see him on the street. He wants to right. go. You know, have uh, have the gear in the car. So I'll be ready to go. <laughs> of course, <laughs> always ready. So yeah. would you say, Matt, that there's definitely a good chance of you returning to FCW? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. I'm. That's what I'm working towards. So yeah. As long okay. as I keep working hard, and you know that's what I'm doing. So. Yeah, and speaking of working hard, now that you're uh, you're a part of the IWF, I know we spoke about this off the air when we were setting up the interview. But can you give our audience a, a clue as to how you, first of all, how you heard about the IWF, and how did you end up there? Uh, actually, you know what? I heard about the IWF when I came home. I was I was tagging with uh, Johnny Cashmere. I don't, I don't know if you, you guys know him or not. He's in the Backstreet Boys with Trent Acid. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Though, I've seen some YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. It was like a year and a half ago. We were supposed to do a match, uh, uh, a tag match, and uh, my car actually broke down. And uh, <laughs> apparently Johnny had had some problems, like, in previous years and years. Like, he's, you know, an indie veteran. Uh, so we never, you know, we never got to do the match. And, uh, you know, I think Kevin kind of kind of had it with Johnny. And, you know, this time it wasn't Johnny's fault. Uh, but uh, anyway, so, so you know, Johnny told me all about Kevin and IWF. and seemed like a great place. Um you know, to work. Uh, so I guess that's about recently we got in touch on Facebook and, you know, I just told him I was home. I wasn't sure how long I'd be home for. So, uh, you know, I asked if I could come check out a show and, and that's pretty much uh, how it went down. And you actually wrestled your first match this weekend in the IWF. Tell us what that was like. Yeah, it was great. You know, we did a tag and, uh, you know, it was fun. It's a great environment to have there, man. The setup's great and, uh, you know, the fans are into it. and. Uh, you know the whole stage, and yeah, it's it's it was a really cool, really really cool thing. So it, it was great. You know we, uh, you know we didn't come out on top. Uh, I was a little rusty. I, uh, I hadn't been uh, been in for for a few weeks now or something like that. But uh, it, it it felt great. So I can't wait to get back there uh, next week. I, I gotta ask you. I mean, Flex Freeman is tearing up the IWF right now. I mean, do you want to challenge him at this point? He's like he can't be beat. It seems. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I'll probably work my way up the ranks a little bit, but you know, who knows? Yeah, I might, I might challenge him. I'm, I'm, I'm always up for, you know, 
If they want to, if they want to put me in a top bout, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it early. Nice. And my famous, I guess, wrestling question I always ask is, where do you see yourself in the industry? Like, what's your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal in sports entertainment? Yes, sir. Is to, you know, be a successful. You know, when I was in FCW, I was getting, you know, that was, that was my job. That's how I was paying my bills. I, I would like to make my living being a sports entertainer. So that's, that's ultimately my goal, and uh, that's what I, I would like to happen again. Cool. Uh, you know, Matt, it's definitely it's definitely always interesting for us as a, as fans of wrestling because you, JB and myself have been watching. Uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but you know, uh, I'm 30 and Joe just, Joe's about 33. So you know, we're, we're relatively young. But we've been watching wrestling for for quite a long time, and like you said, growing up in that golden age of wrestling in the 80s with Hulk Hogan, it's always good to see promotions like the IWF, for example, because. You know, it's something where the WWE, it's top-notch. It's the best that, that it can get. That's ultimately got to be every wrestler's goal. You know, organizations like TNA or, you know, Impact Wrestling, whatever they're calling themselves these days, and that's obviously a notch below the WWE. But when you have an organization like the IWF that has produced some, some talent for those companies, and you have somebody like Kevin Knight who's been in the industry for so many years, you know, it's got to be a wonderful environment for us as fans to see someone like yourself or, you know, hopefully someday Flex Freeman and guys like this. You know, if, if you guys make it big, you know, which hopefully you will, we can always say, you know what, I remember that guy. I remember Matt Walsh or, you know, whatever name they, they might give you. Um, I remember him, you know, watching him in, in West Patterson or Woodland Park. I remember watching Flex Freeman when he did that. And, and it's just exciting as fans to be able to go to that type of environment, to get into it, and to really just, uh, you know, soak in the what could be, you know, the start of something great. Well, cool. Yeah, that's definitely the goal. And you know, if I can provide that for uh, for the fans, that's uh, that, that's awesome. Now, Matt, what would yeah. you say? What would you say in terms of your in-ring wrestling style? What would you consider if you could if you could compare yourself to uh, past or present somebody uh, in the ring in the squared circle? Who? What would you say? Yeah, I'm more I'm more of a you know the psychology, you know the storytelling. I, I stick to the basics. Uh, you know, my favorite wrestler to watch. Is uh, is Randy Orton? Um, you know, he just everything he does, he just you know, it, it just is so intense. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a chin lock or a punch or it doesn't matter. But like when you see him do it, it you know, it it it, it resonates. So he's uh, you know, uh, he's my favorite guy just in terms of in ring stuff to to watch uh, and try to try to learn from from that that aspect and uh you know in terms of my style you know the the, the storytelling psychological aspect is is what i like how about in terms of storylines currently in the wwe currently i mean i guess the only main storyline that's going on is that cm punk left with the wwe title and now triple h is out where do you think they're going to go with this you know, I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time believing that, you know, CM Punk's not going to, you know, come back or whatever. Right? But who, who knows, you know? I mean, I know originally it sounded like he, he was kind of burnt out once some time off. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's it's exciting. So whatever happens with it, I think, it's you know, it, it really has people talking. So yeah, whatever they do do with it, I think that it's uh, it's great. But, yeah, I think I, I think it, I, I see CM Punk coming back. So. Yeah, yeah, like you mentioned, they had that whole Comic-Con thing, and, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit later on, but uh, 
you know, you see CM Punk, for example, somebody who was a heel, a uh, quote-unquote heel, as uh, they're referred to in the business, and it seems like the crowd is turning him into a face. What do you, you know, we, we can have our preferences as fans, but what do you prefer as a performer? Do you prefer being a good guy, a bad guy, and, and if so, why? You know, I've actually, I've had more, probably, most of the guys being a bad guy, it's kind of fun to go out there and get everybody, you know, booing at you, but then... When you're a face, it does feel good to get the fans behind you and, you know, to cheer. So I can go either way. Uh, it's, uh, it's different. But uh, right now, I'll say I like being a heel, especially with the whole model, you know, thing. That's, uh, you know, I think a little more, more fun than, uh, you know, having people not, not like me so much. Okay. That's cool. And, and do you, Matt, do you have a finishing move? And what's it called if you have one? Yeah, it's a it's a DDT. I trapped the arm a little bit different. Um, it's uh, I call it the headshot. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna I was gonna say if you didn't have a finisher, I was gonna suggest you call it like the pure gold grip. But uh, since you have a finisher, then you know you can well, stick with that one. That could be my setup move. You know, like the, uh, the the five five knuckle shuffle or whatever. Nice. You know, that can be my nice. Another signature signature move. <laughs> Matt, you know, we again, we really appreciate you coming on, and we thank you for, you know, giving us some time, and hopefully we'll be able to have you on again in the future. Like we said, uh, the IWF is, uh, we're big fans, and hopefully we'll be able to check you out and, you know, meet you in person and, you know, see you uh, lay the smackdown on some guys over there in uh, in Woodland Park. Definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm uh, looking forward to, to meeting you guys and enjoy being on the show. All right, All right Matt, sir. thank you. We really appreciate it. Right. Uh, m- much success to you, sir. Thank you very much. All right, folks, that was the one and only, the model athlete, Matt Walsh. And he said it, Joe. We got to hold him to it. Pure gold is going to be his uh, setup move to, uh, what, what do you call it, the headshot? The headshot. I mean, I think he's he's trying to go with the Rick Martel, you know, heel tech, uh, the heel style of a Rick Martel. What do you think? Uh, I agree, sir. I mean, you know, he, uh, he mentioned, of course, growing up watching Hulk Hogan and things of that nature, so... It's always uh, it's always exciting to have uh, big wrestling fans, and that's the thing about the business, Joe. You have to be a fan. You can't just sit there and say, "Well, you know, uh, I'm going to make a living out of this, and you know, at some point I'll switch to something else, or I want to make a paycheck." You know, you can tell the passion that Matt has. You can tell the passion that somebody like Flex Freeman has, and, and obviously our boy Kevin Knight. So to me, it's just exciting to talk to guys about about the industry and about the the business because you see where they're at. You see what they want to do, and when, you know, we talk about this with regular athletes, with with baseball players and things. Where as a fan, you want to see passion, you want to see them get upset when they lose, or like what happened with Chris Bosh with the Heat when they lost. He was he was heartbroken, he was devastated, and something like that, sir. As a fan, you respect that, and and I respect somebody like Matt or, or somebody like Flex who just you know their heart and soul is wrestling, sir. Yeah, you definitely respect that, and you also brought up a good point about how these indie promotions are really important, and uh, it's a good thing that like Vince didn't even buy these up because I think that these promotions are important for family atmosphere. I mean, we're in this economy where we can't really spend too much money because of the you know economic crisis that we're in, and going to places like this is almost like comparable to going to like a a Patriot Somerset Patriot game as opposed to taking your your kids to a New York Yankee game. An IWF event is always a great time, great fun, and you know cost effective. Yeah, of course. We you know we took my nephew who was uh, at that point I think he just turned seven, 
And he has, you know, he didn't know what to expect. He didn't know the characters. You know, he didn't know anything. He likes wrestling. Uh, and he was asking me, like, if John Cena was going to be there and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, no, he's not going to be there. But it's going to be a lot of fun, so let's go check it out. And he absolutely loved it. He had a blast. My wife had a blast. You know, when I talked to her about that, it's like you said, it's similar to uh, the IWF. It's similar to, I mean, it is the IWF, but it's similar to the Somerset Patriots. And something that, it's a nice alternative, sir, to, um, you know, to spending your life savings and, and, and having to, you know, pay pay the piper, as it were, and take out second, third, fourth mortgages on your house and sell your kids into, you know, into work just to be able to make ends meet, to go to these games and to go to the events because, I mean, the WWE is pretty affordable. It's definitely the more affordable form of uh, family entertainment. If you want to go check them out, you know, you can get some relatively inexpensive seats and, you know, sit in the nosebleeds and, you know, clean the the rafters. But when you go to the IWF, it's a small, much smaller place. And, you know, you, you, you I forget the, the seating capacity, but you're literally right on top of the action. I mean, you know, you, the guys are there. They shake your hands. They boo you. You know, you boo them, That whatever the case is. But... You're so close to them. I mean, you can just you can just sense the excitement, I and mean, it's a totally different environment than being in the upper deck of a WWE event. There, I agree with you. And uh, the next uh, paper, uh, not <laughs> the next paper. I mean, the next IWF event is uh, the Summer Sizzler. I guess um, Kevin Knight was trying to uh, steal Jeremy Piven's uh, Summerfest by calling it the Summer Sizzler. Now, oh, of course, you know you got to <laughs> Summerfest. You know, you, you need to let, let Summerfest go, sir. That was a long time ago, and that's, uh, thank goodness, those uh, celebrity, what, what the hell are those called, the celebrity guest hosts? It's, it's never going to happen again, sir. Hopefully. We can only hope. We can only hope that after Triple H showed his face that that's the end of the Raw Anonymous General Manager, too. You're, you're absolutely right, sir, and, uh, you know, hopefully that'll be the case. Now, Joe, I know you said uh, you mentioned you had a nugget for us this evening. Yeah, I just want to mention, and I think you know where I'm going with this. I mentioned how... You know, going to an IWF is, um, you know, relatively inexpensive when you're going to a compared to a WWE event. And I just want to mention about the economy. And there was this article, and I did forward this DG, but I want to tell the audience there was an article in the St. Petersburg, Florida Times, in the business section, asking readers on how they would fix the economy, DG. And I think this gentleman pretty much nailed how the economy should be fixed. He writes. Dear Mr. President, please find below my suggestion for fixing the America's economy. Instead of giving billions of dollars to companies that will squander the money on lavish parties and unearned bonuses, use the following plan. You could actually call it the Patriotic Retirement Plan. Or the there Pure Gold Plan. Or the Pure Gold Plan. There are about 40 million people over the, over the age of 50 in the workforce currently. Pay them $1 million apiece. I know that sounds a lot, but pay them $1 million apiece severance for an early retirement with the following stipulations. There are three of them. They must retire. Right then and there, you have 40 million job openings. Unemployment problem fixed. They must buy a new American car. 40 million cars ordered. The auto industry is fixed. They must either buy a house or pay off their current mortgage. The housing housing crisis gets fixed. It doesn't get easier than that. And then he writes, P.S., if more money is needed, have all members of Congress pay their taxes. DG, I think that's a great little nugget on how to fix the economy an easy way, but obviously we know that politics get in the way. But this gentleman, I think, pretty much nailed how to fix the economy. <laughs> I agree with that, sir. I love the whole uh, stipulation. You know, you, you force them to buy a car, you force them to leave their jobs and things, and, and that would definitely fix things, as it were. 
But of course, it, things are never that simple. And you have it's just like wrestling. It's just like booking, for example. You know, you have all these. We we have our ideas of what would be a great match, or book it this way, or book it that way. And but unfortunately, you have egos that get in the way, and people who's big heads and attitudes kind of just mess things up, and then you're stuck with the, the, the current mess that we're in when it comes to the economy, sir. You're absolutely right. Um, does your nugget tie into this, or it's totally different? <laughs> no, it's totally different. Nothing to do with the economy or housing or anything like that. Nice. Sorry, uh, I'm a little parched considering how hot, <laughs> and I mean hot, the weather is. Um, but, you know, I have a, I have a couple of nuggets here. Um that I wanted to mention, first of which, you know what, I'm going to skip the wrestling nugget for now, and I am going to mention to you, sir, that uh, I got to see the Dark Knight rises again and again and again. I got to see the trailer, and uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was pretty good. It definitely piqued my interest for the movie. I mean, I'm going to go see it. They could have Batman, you know, sit on a toilet for 20 minutes, and I'd go watch the movie because I'm... (laughs) I'm that interested in in watching Batman. I think it'll be it'll be good, not as good as the second one, but I, I'm absolutely excited about it, sir. What did you think about the uh, about the trailer? I mean, if you watch the trailer that I show you, the first I think we watched the trailer that I watched the second one. The, the trailer that we watched together for the first time, which I didn't know was on YouTube, was really good. They showed some things that I didn't see, but the trailer that I saw showed a lot of clips. You know, here like three second clips of. The Dark Knight, because they haven't really started filming it, but like DG said, I'm excited about it. The only thing that I think we're both going to agree on, DG, is that The Dark Knight Rises as a title for this movie, the third movie, I think is uh, way off. I think they could have called this movie easily, they could have called this one The Caped Crusader. I agree, or since they're going the route of uh, Bane breaking Batman's back, because that's what we've heard and that's what it would make you seem... They could have just called it Nightfall, which is the infamous story where Batman's back did get broken, and ultimately, um, I forget the story where he came back. But you know, when Batman ended up coming back from that whole injury angle, that they that was that was a work, by the way. That was that was not a shoot. Um, when Batman did that whole injury angle, um, where he was cut out in a stretcher you know, from a steel cage match, they, you know, it was called Nightfall, and to me, that would have been a great name for this film, but. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. It just those those three titles just don't work together. The Dark Knight is great. The Cape Crusader would have been great, or Nightfall would have been great. But The Dark Knight Rises, to me, they just really dropped the ball on the title. Hopefully, they won't drop the ball in the movie. Yeah, I agree with you because I am a huge Batman fan, and I think that the series has been great so far. So let's hope that the third and final movie is just as good, if not. I don't know if it could be better, but if it, if it is better, that'd be impressive. I know you have some issues about Robin Williams being a evil villain, but uh, there was an actual movie that he made, and I, I think he's made a couple movies that he's actually the bad guy, but probably the most what, freakiest like Mrs. movie. Doubtfire? Uh No, not Mrs. Doubtfire. There's a freaky movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it, where he's um, a person that works behind the counter of either CVS or Walgreens, and he develops pictures. Have you ever seen that movie? I, I haven't seen it, but I heard about it, and I heard he does a pretty sick job. Yeah, it's pretty sick, so... I mean, having, um, and I don't even know off the top of my head, what's the character's name that he's playing this in this movie? Hugo Strange, the character who ends up uh, finding out Batman's secret identity. And, of course, um, he's actually going to be the, the, one of the main villains, the, I guess the evil mastermind, behind the, the Batman Arkham City game, which is going to be insane. That, to me, and it comes out, it's actually scheduled to release the day after my daughter is uh, scheduled to be born, you know, according to what the doctors have predicted. 
Uh, so that's going to be interesting how I'm going to find time for that with a, with a child on the way or a child here or whatever the case is. My the, my wife's water might break uh, right as I'm about to, uh, you know, beat the first level or something. But uh, <laughs> aside from that, sir, um, you know, Hugo Strange is the character who finds out Batman's secret identity. So, I mean, Robert Williams is a good actor. Harry as all can be, which is kind of disturbing. But aside from that, I mean, he, he's always been a, a good actor, sir. Yeah, and then you have Catwoman, played by Anne Hathaway. Eh, I don't know about that one, but, you know, Catwoman is good to have in the mix, I think. Um, I definitely, I definitely was, not a big fan of... Uh, I think she's a good actress, but I'm not a big fan of her as Catwoman. I guess I'd have to wait and see what she, what kind of turd she produces, a turd Ferguson, but uh, I, I'm not too sold on that as of yet. I agree with you. I just meant the fact that they're using Catwoman as a villain or... You know, villain slash face in this is good um, because I I was thinking of who they could use as you know villains for this movie and uh, the only person that I wanted to see was like a Riddler type but I guess they're going with Bane and Catwoman um, so you know we'll see where that plays out you can't go wrong with I don't think you could go wrong with Catwoman because she plays that tweener role yeah she definitely the tweener uh, sometimes on the lines of the faces sometimes call for the women's title or the divas title. Um, you know, one character that, I, like you said, I was hoping to see, and I agree with you completely, was the Riddler. I hope that they would have got that done. And I think the guy who plays uh, Michael Weston on Burn Notice, uh, Jeffrey Donovan is his name, and I mentioned this months ago, but I thought he would have been a great character, a great actor to play the role of the Riddler. He's got that look, that intelligent look. He's a good actor, you know, from watching the show. And uh, the guy who writes the uh, the Trailer Park and Solid Gold movie reviews, Jonelle was actually, uh, you know, a resident expert when it comes to all those things. Um, actually mentioned that to me when he did. I was like, wow, that would be perfect casting and it's fine. It's just the way that um, Christian Bale is the perfect Batman. This guy, sir, this guy would have been the perfect Riddler. Yep. What else you got, sir? Um, well, I have, uh, I have uh, some fans here telling me that Jeffrey Donovan is bleeping amazing. Uh, you know, big, big fans of his <laughs> over here. Is that Kristen? No, no, that, <laughs> no, that actually be Pyro, who is all you know. Like I said, uh, right now he's getting me some coffee, but uh, oh. he's gonna drink it. But you know, he has to throw his two cents in there. Of course, you always appreciate Pyro giving his uh, his take, as it were. But uh, my other nugget, sir, is uh, it's something that I was hoping to save, but I think that uh, it needs to be said, sir. I think this is something. Actually, uh, this is another movie nugget. This is not the nugget that I was just referring to. So forgive me for that. <laughs> brain fart, but apparently uh, The Man of Steel, which is a great title. See, that is a great title for a movie. The Dark Knight, great title for a movie. You know, Dark Knight Rises, not so much. Not Dark so Knight drops it, not so much. The Man not of so Steel much. movie is actually going to be pushed back by about six months. The original release date was in December. Now it's going to be three days after my birthday in the year 2013, sir. June 14th, 2013, the latest re-re-re-re-reboot of Superman comes out there. I mean, is that the nugget that it's being extended six months or whatever, another year? Well, that's not the ultimate nugget, but yeah, that is a nugget, sir. It's six months <laughs> that they're pushing this movie back. Uh, why do you think they would go from the Chris? I mean, to me, this is a summer blockbuster film. It should be released in the summer. But why do you think they would have ever released it around Christmas? Like, who the hell wants to see, uh, you know, <laughs> pardon the language, but who the hell wants to see Superman in December? <laughs> You're right. Uh, maybe that's what they they had second thoughts about how the um, you know people going out to see that movie during Christmas time it just doesn't go right. You're right. Uh, for 
comics and uh, movies like that, it should definitely be released during the summer. And maybe they're hoping also that, I forget the guy's name that's going to be playing Superman, maybe they hope that he decides that he doesn't want to do it in a couple months and they get Tom Welling to be Superman. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Uh, you know, Hans, who's not able to join us this evening because in the black hole of reception, he was going to gonna give us a nugget about Tom Welling. And, Sarah, I'm just going to leave you with this little nugget, this little tidbit. You know that Tom Welling is actually in talks to play a uh, comic book character in a movie? Really? Which one? Uh, I can't tell you because that's where Hans would have to come in. But let okay. me just say, it is not a DC film, sir, and it is absolutely not what you expect. Tom Welling seems to have jumped ship from DC over to Marvel. Well, I guess we'll have to tune in Tuesday night and find out who that character is. Of course, sir. There's a couple of different rumors, but let me let me let Hans drop that nugget on you, sir. And uh, aside from that, I have another nugget here when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. Um, sir, did you uh, did you happen to check out maybe WrestleZone.com or uh, any other site tonight? Are you referring to Justin's article? No, Joe. Wait, <laughs> what what article by Justin? What, did I miss something? No, it's just cheap plug for Justin. Oh, <laughs> a cheap plug for Justin Labar. No, sir. Actually, speaking of cheap plugs, um, huh, there was a there was some reports. I saw this at uh, I saw this uh, online. I saw a video of it. I mean, there was some some absolute good stuff, sir. But the one and only CM Punk showed up at the San Diego Comic Convention, and do you know what he did, sir? Um, he did something with the belt, I'm sure. He showed up, he took some pictures with the belt, but he interrupted a WWE press conference relative to WWE's partnership with Mattel, which makes their toys, and uh, Triple H was there, and so was Rey Mysterio, and CM Punk came out with a bullhorn announcing that he was there. The crowd, of course, went ape. It went absolutely nuts, screaming, yelling, going, you know, CM Punk, CM Punk. They were going crazy, which of course was was just was a wonderful thing, and uh, it seems that they're really trying to further this this uh, angle, sir. It seems like they're really trying to trying to push this. Do you know what what Mr. Punk said? Um, you're gonna have to tell me, sir. You have to see this video. It was some good stuff. If I could somehow if I could somehow played it on the show, it would have been good. But the one and only uh, Mr. Mr. Punk. You know, again, he he introduced who he was, and he went up to the part. You know where you've seen these uh, stands and things, where uh, as a matter of fact, I've also been told by my uh, by my uh, you know lack by your pyro for, for, yeah, for my pyro for lack of a better uh, phrase that it's actually also an online onslaught.com. And and uh, the only reason I didn't mention online is because I wasn't sure that they had it up. But I haven't checked the site today. I, I usually go on there when I know that uh, Pyro has uh, has some article, some recap or something, or you know, it's a pay-per-view, to see his or, or Rick's predictions and, and to see what they have to say with their recap. So uh, forgive me uh, for that one, sir. But Punk said, you know, he addressed Ray Mysterio and he told Ray, you know, because he, he referenced the fact that the WWE is doing the title tournament. Well, he said, uh, and I quote, said, Ray, I know you're a man of honor. If you want a title shot, just come over to Chicago and I'll give you a title shot. Which is some good stuff there, of course. And uh, one thing I found interesting on a side note, sir, is that Punk's title belt doesn't actually have his name on it. There's no nameplate. So I thought that was kind of interesting because, you know, that's the first thing that they do when they uh, they win the belt is switch it over to the new name. 
Yep. Like Justin said on, uh, I believe he tweeted the same thing you just said. I, we can only hope that this is this means the end of that belt, and he brings out the uh, the belt that I've been waiting to see for the last couple of years. So, um, I know because I, I think that the undisputed title is pretty much uh, washed up. So you're, you're never going to see that one again, sir. You never know. I'm just saying. I'm tired of seeing the spinner. Well, it's the non-spinner nowadays, but it's just. It's just too much bling. The one thing I didn't want to mention, too, is that, DG, did you notice that during Raw when they did the tournament graphics, they still had the, the old belt picture? Oh, of course. I mean, what what are you expecting to show? They're not going to show a new title because Vince obviously wasn't going to make the new title. I think there's a possibility, sir, and I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at this, this picture here of CM Punk. I think that there is a possibility that when they crown the new champion, if it's going to be this, next week or if, or if Triple H is going to decide to save it off until SummerSlam, which is really, if they were going to do the title tournament and Punk wasn't going to show up for like a month, they should have just done it throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole month, sir. Um, but since they did it the other way, I'm, I'm guessing this, this week on Raw, um, coming up, that they're going to do the title tournament or Triple H possibly will bring a new belt out to crown a new champion, because think about it, sir, it actually doesn't make sense. Punk is in possession of what is supposed to be the quote-unquote only WWE title. So, I mean, obviously we know there's, there's thousands of them in, in the back. But if you think about it, Joe, th- there should be no reason that whoever is crowned champion gets a spinner or the, the spinner title because Punk has it. Punk has the belt. He owns the belt. He does, and... um the thing that really frustrates me is if they go down the line and they make it, like, say Triple H decides to put John Cena into that match and make it a triple threat, and whoever wins that is the new WWE champion. I, I don't like that because that ruins the lineage of the WWE title. Like, they already ruined the lineage of the World Heavyweight title. What do you mean, sir? Break it down for me. Well, we know the World Heavyweight title on SmackDown is a, a belt that was created for Triple H back in whatever year it was. I forget now, I mean... Uh, I think it was 2000. No, no, no. I think it was like 2001 or 2003. I forget what. Well, I think one of those two years, sir. Yeah, Bischoff presented it to him. Yeah, I think it was 2003. Only because that was like seven WrestleManias ago and seven years. And I remember WrestleMania 20 is where uh, you know Benoit won it. So I'm guessing it was 2000, 2002 or 2003 at some point, sir. Yeah, so I don't want another belt that has no lineage to it. I mean, you're really like destroying what what a title means at that point. I no, think but, that punk. Well, what, sir, what I'm saying is that they, that what the WWE would do in that case is vacate the title from Punk and then crown somebody else the new champion and con- continue with the title lineage, not create a fake title for him, for uh, whoever to hold, sir. You don't think, in essence, they're creating a fake title because Punk is the champion? How, how do you how do you strip Punk of the of the championship in the record books? Well, easy. You just have the title vacated, sir. They did it with Shawn Michaels in the Intercontinental Title. Hell, Shawn vacated the title five or six times when he was champion. He's got the all-time record for the most title runs without ever having lost the belt. So um, it, it's really just the same thing. Remember WrestleMania ten when Triple uh, the belt was created in two thousand two, by the way. When uh, when Sean refused to defend it or he was injured and technically they made him forfeit, they brought up the same title, they put it up on the ladder, and then uh, Sean came back, I'm the real champion, you're the fake champion. They did that whole angle. They could do the same thing with Punk, sir, and, but it's still a WWE title because then you're, you're telling me the Intercontinental title you know, hasn't existed for about 18 years. But what, what I'm saying, too, is that if you vacate the title and, and tell... 
and tell me that Punk is no longer the champion, then Punk is no longer a factor in the WWE storylines because they've told us that he's not the champion anymore. He's vacated the title. So when he shows up with that title and says, I'm still the champion, no one's going to care. Well, of course they're going to care, sir. It's the same, you know, you know, you're not listening, sir. It's the same thing as what they did with, uh, with what I just said, with the whole Intercontinental title. It's the same thing. Sean disappeared. They said he wasn't champion anymore. He came back and said, I am still the champion. And they had the whole, t- the whole match, and it led to one of the greatest matches of all time. And what ultimately is the modern, you know, not the standard for the ladder match, but it, at one point it was the ultimate ladder match. So they can go that same route, and it'll still be as compelling. I think you're looking at it with a glass-half-empty, pessimistic, Joby crap like you always do. No, I think you're forgetting one caveat, is that now Punk I- is no longer Punk is no longer under contract. Well, according to the story, yeah, but Punk, I'm sure he, he did sign a title, uh, sign a contract. There's no way that they're going to let this whole thing go. Sir, what they're doing now with him crashing the Comic-Con, and by the way, I, I didn't get to finish, he actually uh, was talking, and he said that, Again, if Ray wanted a title shot, he can come to Chicago. He asked uh, when they would put Zack Ryder on TV, which, of course, the, the crowd popped for big time. And him and Triple H went back and forth a bit. Uh, Trip, he said, told, Triple H said if he wanted to come back, there's a new regime, things are different, and, of course, to give him a call, let's see what they can do. And Punk said the line of the night, he said he's sure that Stephanie has his number. You know, it was a great clip. It, it, it continues the story in an interesting way, and the WWE cameras are there to film it. So you're telling me this isn't going to show up on WWE.com or it's not going to show up on Raw? Sir, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Punk is going to somehow, someway crash Monday's uh, title match, the coronation, the celebration or something, because you can't keep him off TV for too long, sir. I agree with that. you got to bring him back and somehow, you know, decide that he's going to either crash that match and, again, there's still going to be no champion and they're just going to drag it out. I don't think they could drag Do you think they could possibly drag this out? and have the title picture of the title match at SummerSlam? I think they could have if they had done it differently. Doing that whole one-night title tournament and then finishing out, uh, you know, finishing out the whole, basically what they did, you know, trying to finish out the title tournament three weeks later, it it actually doesn't even make sense. But, you know, the the truth of the matter is, is the way that they did it, it kind of has to be resolved this week. They can't just keep postponing it. They had done, like I said, one week you have one round or a couple of matches. The second week you have the second round. Third week, you know, you have the semifinals. And then the, the fourth week, which would be Summerfest, you have the finals. But they didn't do it that way, so they kind of have to do it this week, sir. All right. Let's see what happens. I mean, yeah, at least, if anything, Raw is must-see TV again. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally, totally, uh, you know, the type of thing where it's it's musty, like you said. You want to watch it. You need to know what's going on. You have to tune in. And I was listening to Justin's show on Trip Live uh, Radio today, and he was saying how so many people that he didn't even think watched wrestling anymore were approaching him, calling him, texting him, asking him. People's numbers he had lost. Hey, Justin, do you think this is real? What's going on? What do you think about this? And, and where is this going to go? So I think that little by little, the WWE is going to start bringing back the casual fan, and they really have turned it into musty TV, sir. And that ultimately is what me... You, Pyro, uh, the Rick, Justin, you know, Josh, and all these guys, that's ultimately what we want, sir. That, that, that's the main thing. Totally agree with you. Speaking of must-see TV, what about must-listen PG coming up in the next couple of weeks? Oh, of course. We have so many guests, it is not even funny. I'm going to run this down for you, and if you don't get shocked and awed and amazed and you have no pulse, we are going to have the one and only Mike Vaccaro of the New York Post, 
Uh, Mike is going to be doing us the honor, privilege, and and joining us this time. Excuse me, this coming Tuesday. That's going to be a great night. We're excited about that. Um, that find on Thursday we're going to have Sal Akata of SNY. He used to be the uh, the producer of the Mike uh, Francesca show. Mike up, Mike up. Oh, speaking of Mike up, sir, did you know that Mike's no longer doing Mike up on Sunday night? You had told me that. I'm shocked. Um, I wonder what that's about. I don't know if it's just a during the summer thing. You think it's permanent? What do you think? No, no, it is permanent because I heard Mike's show, and they actually repeated yesterday's show during the Mets game because, you know, on WFN.com, you can't hear the Mets games. That's only through MLB.com. So when, oh, okay. when the Mets play at a certain time, they just repeat old episodes of Mike Francesa. And Mike addressed it, and he said that, you know, seven years is enough. It's no bad blood, nothing like that. He just thought his time is up. His time is now. You can't see him. His time is now. You know, that he's the <laughs> franchise and he's shining now. You know, you, you just can't see him. His time is now. And, and of course, that's uh, that's Mike Francesa. That's a new theme song, by the way, uh, with Mike singing it. Um, <laughs> so right. that, that's pretty much, that we're pretty much done with that. But the following week, getting back to the guests, uh, the 2nd of August, we should have Neil Best, sports writer for Newsday, joining us. That's going to be exciting. August 4th. We should have the one and only Greg Giannotti, former producer of the Evan and, and Joe Midday Show, or Joe and Evan, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's going to be exciting. He's over in Pittsburgh now doing some uh, some business over on 93.7, so we're excited about that. The following week, that Tuesday, August 9th, we're going to have the one and only Donna Greca joining us, and we're excited about that from ESPN, the co-host of the Michael K. Show. Donna's a big Mets fan, and he also used to be on WFN, which is the first time I heard of Donna, so we'll talk to him about that uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, that again is the ninth. The following week, we don't have any guests. I know you're going to go on vacation, so that should that that'll be a good pure gold week. But the following, the last week, sir, the last week in August, we have two huge guests, sir. Do you have any clue who they are? <laughs> nope. Lay it on me, sir. Joining us, well, I I am excited. And I just can't even, I, words, words can't even be, I can't even express myself here. We're going to have New York Giants, a legend, one of the all-time greats, oh, baby, Leonard Marshall. Oh, baby, man, as a Giants fan, I'm telling you, it does not get any bigger than that, sir. Uh, and as a football fan, you got to admit, um, you know, that's a huge that's a huge one. You know, it's funny. Somebody asked me on Facebook. I said, you know, if anybody had any questions, you'd like to ask Leonard Marshall. And uh, somebody put on my Facebook today. They wanted to know about that hit on Joe. Was it Joe Montana that it, that uh, he put back in the back in the eighties? And I, I thought the person was actually referring to uh, Lawrence Taylor ending uh, Joe Theismann's career, but uh, he was talking about something else. But uh, aside from that, sir, that Thursday, the twenty fifth, wrapping up the month of August. We have the one and only Dave LaGreca oh, of Busted Open, the other co-host. We've had Doug on this show a couple of times, and Doug has been a great friend to the show, a friend to the program, uh, my best friend in real life, you know, even though he never returns my phone calls. Um, you know, excited to have uh, Dave, the brother of Don LaGreca, joining us. So that is going to be huge, sir. We are excited about the month of August here on Pure Gold. <laughs> You talk about the dog days of August during the baseball season. Well, Pure Gold is just ramping up during the month of August. Absolutely, and it's just going to keep things that much more exciting. And you as fans, are you know, we know you're going to get into it. We know you're going to listen and check us out. And, of course, we, we always want you to call in at 714-364-4721. And as we wrap this show up, 
We just want to thank Matt Walsh of the IWF for joining us, formerly Joseph Canterbury of FCW. As a matter of fact, if you look up Joseph Canterbury, you can see him getting squashed in like two seconds by Seamus. But, uh, you know, I actually like Abraham Washington when he mentioned that he was in an angle with Abraham is very, he was an ECW GM for a while, and he's very similar to uh, The Rock and his look and his build and everything. A very entertaining guy. And uh, that's definitely some good stuff going on there over at, uh, <laughs> over making offensive comments like he always does talking about ripping SmackDown. Um, you know, so that, that that's some good stuff there and we were just excited to have him on. We're happy that uh you know he was on this week. We're happy that we had Rima on Tuesday. Next Tuesday also we're gonna have Flex joining us, Flex Freeman of the IWF, giving us his thoughts on being the world champ and the American champ simultaneously. And of course, let us simultaneously say goodbye this evening for this episode of Pure Gold Extra. JB, you have any closing thoughts for the audience? Uh, just one closing thought for the audience. If you're not watching the NFL Network, TJ Todd Johnstone, our sports update and take gentleman that works for Pure Gold, has been telling me that it's getting really ugly on the player side, and we might be looking at an extended lockout now and potentially a shortened season if this goes on for another couple more weeks, sir. That's yeah, it. We, definitely, we definitely don't want that to, to happen. Hopefully they'll get this thing resolved as soon as possible. But, uh, you know, folks, Stay tuned for Pure Gold. We'll bring you all the latest breaking news, the goodness, as only we can. For JB, this is DG of PG, reminding you to always, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, keep it P-A-G. Good night, everyone, and God bless America. Woo! Woo!